Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fun and exciting episode of Three Dads Talking About Anime. It's been a fun, fun journey with you guys thus far in more than a year. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, thank you so much. I am Chest, a.k.a. Chest, one of three, if you didn't catch on already, dads on this show. Who are the other two here with me today? I'm Kolb. And I'm Ben. There they are. That was like an actual long introduction, but it was like actual content, not just like actually just stalling with nothing. Was it though? It was <laughs> Up for debate. <laughs> Up for debate. Comparatively. Yes. <laughs> Comparatively. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> Gentlemen. I'm trying a new LaCroix flavor. What do you got? Pastique, which is just watermelon. It even has it in the... In... in what is this? See, parentheses. I've had that one, and there actually is a watermelon one, and I like that one more than the one you have there. Oh, so it's like there's two watermelons. One is fancy, and one is watermelon. Oh, wait. No. I'm thinking of AHA. Aha. Which is better than LaCroix. I do now think so, yes. I, yeah, that's where I put probably. my flag. Except Lemoncello. Lemoncello is still the goat, but Aha is better yeah. overall. Yeah. I have some Lemoncello in my fridge, actually. Yeah, it's good. But I was trying this guy out. For sure. For sure. So how you how you guys been? Good. All right. Question, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Every time somebody answers a, a question like that, with a qu all I can think about is Anchorman. When he's like, I'm Ron Burgundy? That's all I can think about. Oh, guess what? This isn't a story, but it's it's a fact, and it's cool. My sister listened to one of our episodes. Did she? She did. Which one? The anniversary one. Oh. It's ironic, as she said as well, her words, not mine. Uh, she was listening to this episode, and then her husband, my brother-in-law, not say his name yet because he's going to be a guest soon, but he walked <laughs> in and shared with her that we asked him to be on the podcast while she was listening to her first episode. Come on. That's not coincidence. That's Providence. Uh, yeah. Rhode Island. She liked it. She Did she like it? it? Yeah, and I'm glad. I think that's a good one to recommend to people, actually, because it's just, we had a party. I mean, we had a party, and all three of us were invited. It was so much fun. That's true. You need to tell that lady a hello from me. I haven't seen either of them, but I will see her husband soon. Well. Well. Mm -hmm. I'm glad she liked it. Yeah. That's super fun. So was it just on a whim, or did you kind of talk it up? That she listened no, to it. I, just on a whim. I wow. mean, whenever we've gotten together for like family get togethers, I mean, of course it comes up, but, uh, <laughs> you know, this is why, this is why I need to make us t-shirts so that you don't have to bring it up. You just wear it to the, every family <laughs> gathering. 
yeah she, it, it it came out of nowhere i was actually surprised to even get the text about that but yeah she she checked that one That's out so funny. another recent listener uh mr wilkerson listened to our a few of our Did he? Wow. episodes yeah because he's he i got him in on the um clone wars and rebels yeah, yeah. And well, well, pretty much every bad batch, everything after that, and he's like all about it. And so then he watched mm-hmm. Visions as well. And I'm like, hey, if you want to get some expert opinions, yo, expert check out the opinion. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our really very our very early episodes that were pretty rough, but hey, oh, they were. So I'm rough. glad he's get, he's jumping in. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did he say? He, oh, we didn't talk about all the episodes, but he, I remember him distinctly saying the first one is one of his favorites, actually, the Ronin. Um, nice. Which I also really like that one. The duel. Yeah. That's fun. The, the duel. Uh, Cole, I'm gonna segue because I'm I've been curious for a whole week. You said you saved a poop story. Do you remember what it was? I thought you said you had a poop story. Yeah, I thought you had a poop story. I do, but. I'm not going to just jump ahead. You said last week, I'm going to save this. And I've been waiting a whole week. Okay. I have a couple, but I'll, I can just give you the one. Uh, so I have multiple as well. I'm they, all re- they all revolve around Ben in some sort of fashion. <laughs> as they should. That's why it was so funny. So the year, I forget the year, it's Ben's first semester. <laughs> It's my second second semester, and uh, you know it was we we became friends, and then by fate, providence, as you said already, Chest. Um, for some reason, whenever one of us would go into the bathroom to go number two, the other one was already in there, and I don't know how that would happen. Like at first, we're like, "Oh, hey, you're in here too!" Ha ha ha. And then, and then after a few weeks, it got a little weirder. So we're like, every time we would, you know, get into a stall, I'd be like, Ben, like, are you here? And he would just, he would answer back and like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. It was so funny. And then, and then after that, the weirdness kind of got, we got over the weirdness and we just accepted it. So every time we were in a stall, one of us would just like let down the paper on the other side and then we would like, <laughs> we were like passing toilet paper back and forth because we knew we were both in there. It was so weird. And that's just, that's just college guys for you. We would just pass back toilet paper and install the stall. Ben, do you remember any of that? Uh, as you started the story, I, I, I couldn't remember the, the, where this was going and then as soon as you said we started rolling on toilet paper for each other i remember <laughs> so which which bathroom is this was this center is this harlow's bathrooms or was this where were y'all your first year you were on left right your first semester no i was on so it would be harlow's too my first first semester which one i didn't hear you smart two, smart two. my first semester oh okay i can't remember which I thought it was the Harlow bathrooms, but I could be wrong. I'm picturing, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Uh, I mean, that's the most central. I mean, bathrooms. remember, guys, I rarely was actually at my room. room. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember Johnny being on left when he was there. Yes. Yep. 
Yep. Which means Ben went to left a lot. That's yeah. probably what it was. <laughs> which is which is why you thought he lived in left. <laughs> <laughs> that, could been, that could be very true. <laughs> Your whole memories are a lie because he was actually on Smart 2. <laughs> That's funny. And then we were all on Smart 2. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Um, so mine is less of a story. That's why I wanted to hear yours. Uh, it, it involves a story, but it's not. it does not involve fecal matter. It's about fecal matter Ooh. or stool as they call it in the professional world which is what this is about my co-worker walked in today and said guys i think i found the ultimate side gig and we're like what and obviously this is like my co-worker and then the co-worker's office that i'm in they've been having this conversation before I'm, i've been like thrust into the middle of it he's like just google human microbes so we google it it is a science company that is similar to BioLife, but for poop. They will pay you to send in your stool. Now, they're super strict on, like, who can actually donate this stool, but they will pay you $500 per sample. $500. No way. Their advertisement is $500 per sample. You could make up to $180,000 a year <laughs> just sending in poop. Wow. So what are the now, again, requirements? They're super strict. So a lot about diet. So the, the whole point of this is to help people with bad immunity and like really bad gut and intestinal issues. So they then turn it into science, magic science, and then they give it to the, the people. Like with BioLife with plasma. Um, and so they, they buy it off of people who are super active, fit, um, very little wrong with obviously their gut, um, eating well. Their ideal candidate, if this helps you, is like 20 to 26 and is like a college athlete. So working out all the time, eating well because they have to because they're on a professional team. So like that, if that helps you picture like the type of person they're looking for, uh, that's their ideal person. They even say like you, you should pass out flyers like like this, I went to the recipients page where if you're trying to get stuff from them, they're like, please spread the word of this because we need more people. So it's, yeah, it's fascinating. It's a legit thing, though. Like they have, it's it's a legit business. So super weird. Huh. Super weird. Wow. All right. Well, now a funny poop story. Um, <laughs> so at my job before we left Iowa, that was great, Chess. Thanks for sharing that. Um, You're welcome. So make some money. I Go out there and make money. I worked on the second floor of a credit union, and members members were able to come up. We were, we were on the business team. Members would come up once in a while, but for the most part, employees to use the bathroom. Um, I was in the bathroom, as I often am, and somebody sat in the stall next to me, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to douse this guy's foot in Lysol uh, or the spray <laughs> stuff. So I just grabbed it. And I sprayed the snot out of this person's shoes. And I'm just like giggling over there. And they, don't, they didn't say anything. But I was like, oh, I can't wait to see who it is. Um, and then uh, that person leaves. And then I go out to my coworker and I'm like, gotcha. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's great. You should be good. And he's like, what? I've been sitting here for like, I'm like, oh. And so I ran around everybody in the apartment. It wasn't anybody up there. I emailed everybody downstairs. Nobody had come upstairs. <laughs> So I had just soaked one of our members' shoes in spray. And they were just sitting there like, what just happened? 
<laughs> I hope it was a member and not like the president of the company that's in your, oh, <laughs> your he, branch. I think he would have laughed. Our, our CEO at the pack was great. But yeah, I still don't know who it was to this day. That's fun. Well, save those poop stories for later, folks, because we're going to have some <laughs> Oh, man. Hilarious. Well, as as Ben's uh, username on here aptly reminds us, we're talking about a fun show tonight. Mm. We are going to jump back in to some Moriarty. And I think it's because we've had our recording's been a little weird of Moriarty. I felt like I feel like we've been with this show a really long time because we've had some gaps between recording episodes. But then it's like, oh, yeah, we're just talking about episodes five and six of like twenty five. <laughs> So we're still really fresh into the show, which is fun. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Moriarty. Five and six. Five was a self-contained episode, and then six <gasps> left us with another cliffhanger. Yes. So I'm excited. I actually am kind of liking these cliffhangers because they're like a, it's like a, you know, it's a it's a mystery thriller. So when there is a, a cliffhanger, it's like, ooh, this is this is fun. We get to talk about predictions, and it's good stuff. It's appropriate. So it's good. It is. It's good. So. Let's jump us in, and I'm going to let Cole take over the reins. But with episode five, self-contained story here. Cole, what happens in our Moriarty episode five? Moriarty episode five, the dancers on the bridge. So the episode starts. What town are they in? Do we know? It's not London, is it? Man, the town that... I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, we're the camera focuses in on a homeless man underneath a bridge and he notices a young lady happily dancing and singing on the ledge of the bridge and she's so happy and she's so dancing and then she either jumps or falls but she falls right into the river to her death most likely and that's how the episode starts this is obviously the mystery. Q opening music. There you go. This is obviously the mystery. What is wrong with this lady? Is she out of her mind? Is she just wanting to end her life? Is this a ghost? I think it's for Moriarty to figure out. And that's kind of what he does throughout this episode. So there's our setup, boys. Let's talk about it. What a setup. <laughs> Yeah, it did. I didn't think... Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. you go. I was just going to say, I, di I didn't think about the ghost aspect, actually. I definitely thought, was she pushed, or did she commit suicide? I was leaning towards suicide, but um, I didn't think about ghost. That's actually a good suggestion. It could have been, been a phantom. Yeah, an apparition of some kind. <laughs> an apparition. It's Benjamin. I, yeah, I'm glad you said that, Chess, because that, that is kind of one of the places my mind went. I was like, this just seems a little odd. Like, why is she singing? Why does she seem happy? And she falls. So, like, I don't know about ghost, but I definitely thought something was amiss. Maybe everything wasn't as it seemed. Um, like, this guy, maybe he was seeing things. or uh, So, yeah, that was... My mind was a-going. I was actually thinking Anchorman. Um, Afternoon delight. Whoop. And that's why she was so happy. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Did you just watch that movie? Hilarious. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Right. Anchorman is your, just always that's your second. It's just, in the, <laughs> it's just in the chamber to be quoted at all times. <laughs> okay. Well, you've referenced it twice now, and I'm expecting at least two more. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, now I'm gonna. Now, now you know gonna like Anchorman quotes now. <laughs> Yeah, y'all be talking. My phone is like I'm just tapping away over here. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. So yeah, obviously, this is gonna be the mystery. Why did she die, <clears throat> or is she a ghost? Um, is she dead? Is she, is even, she dead? even dead? That's a good question. You know, it may. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Uh, does it cut? What What is Moriarty doing? Is he just, he's teaching, he's teaching his class? Yep. Obviously, he's teaching his class. Because then it's uh, the absence. Absences are noted. Yep. Yep. He notices that Lucian is gone. <laughs> yeah. A, he does. a kid named Lucian. He's missing. Lucian. And he. So I'm going to say something. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead and say something. Yeah, you go ahead. Please, just do. I was just going to say so this, this little beginning. The, the whole episode a little bit, but at the beginning especially, I'm going to be honest. They threw in a little anime humor, and maybe it's just because the tone of the show, I wasn't as big of a fan. I wasn't as big of a fan. Like, usually I'm all for, like, the, the goofy faces and stuff, but his roommate, Lucian's roommate, which we're about to talk about, gives, like, you know, has some of those, like, Ugh! Like big eyes, face moments, and I was—it kind of threw me out, of, threw me out of the moment because it's just always been such a more serious show. But I wanted to ask you guys: Has that happened before, and I've just glossed over it, or am I correct in remembering? I don't think there's been any like goofy anime moments yet in the show. I don't think there has been anything, but this one was pretty mild. Like, yeah, he has a little. No, it was he's a little. It was mild. Exasperated and like shocked or you know it's it's yeah. not like it's not like they have like the you know they change backgrounds and he's like a little cartoon figure it's, he's like oh, it's yeah. not full on no, like haiku yeah like that but it is i don't know it changed the the animation did change a little bit and i guess it just it just threw me off a little bit which is weird because that usually does not happen at all hmm. yeah that's usually me I, yeah, I'm usually pretty sensitive to anime shenanigans, and I, <laughs> while you're describing that, I actually can't even picture the moment that you're referring to, um, and maybe it's because you didn't watch it. Yeah, it's because I skipped the episode. <laughs> um, That's why you think no. it's a ghost, because well, you're like, I, maybe I, I know why it might be actually. Uh, I might have noticed it in the moment, but. I'm just going to jump ahead, not with specifics, but spoiler on my feelings, which is I really like these two episodes and the show increased big time and my interest. Uh, (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so maybe that just overshadowed. There's something at the end of this episode that I'm going to reference and then something in this next episode I'm going to reference for why I thought this show just jumped up big time for me. But Nice. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to dance through the whole episode if we want to. If you're wanting to hit some specifics, we can. 
I will say this episode felt very. It was a. It was a one and done, and so it felt very easy to figure out. What like by the halfway point, it was like okay, I'm pretty sure I, pretty clear where this is gonna go. Like you know you know when it's pretty early on, they show a shadowy figure talking to her, and you're like okay, I mean, who else is that gonna be? And then they reveal that shadowy character, and you're like yeah, I mean yeah, we all knew that. Think, <clears throat> hello, John. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, and it's spent, I mean, like, 75, 80% of the episode was just build up, probably even more that. And then all of a sudden, we ha- we, we meet the new guys, they solve it, and it, which wasn't a problem for me. But um, normally it would be, but I didn't mind this. Um, everything just... Is it because of who was introduced? Uh, it's because of the fact that, okay, I'll just come out with it. The fact that it is now a team of five, I realized mm. something. So I, I already knew about myself that I like a cast of characters to cheer for, to not like, to just pick and choose. We already had a cast of three, and I did not have that feeling of, I feel like I have a crew. Now that there's five, so maybe five's the lucky number. I'm going to keep an eye on on future shows. <laughs> five felt like, because they showed multiple shots, especially in this next episode, of the five of them together. Right. And I'm like, oh man, this guy does this, and this guy, you know. <laughs> so it might be five. It might be five. How many are how many are on the squad in Fire Force? There's like seven, isn't it? This, this yeah, five. it's a decent number. So I guess what I'm saying is Captain? five might be the minimum. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to name them all. Let's do it. Captain and Sergeant. Captain, Lieutenant, Shinra, Arthur, Maki, uh, priest girl, cat girl. Yep, that's seven right there. And then, well, chest, is I'm she not gonna... officially with them. Which one? Are she with the other? Isn't she with the other? Just cat girl. Whatever. She yeah. got. She got kind of. She's with one. She got. But I'm assuming she's gonna join. What number are you on, Chess? Eight. Well, she's technically part of one, but because she was involved with the the Rika incident, she's yeah. been like demoted or. Like she's on suspension oh, she from number one from the first unit, so she gets put to number eight. They kind of take her while she's on suspension. So, uh, oh, she's kind of with you know in the in the opening in the opening song she's featured with the team. Right, so that makes sense. And if I remember correctly, Ben, she doesn't leave eight throughout the rest of this season. Yeah, I don't Spoilers. think so either. And no permanent spoiler. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. It's a callback. When we were doing our rankings. Fire Force, I listed my reason why Fire Force wasn't higher. It's because of her. Yeah. <laughs> her, role, her role in the show Oops. is just to lose clothes and have people run into body parts, and it's just like... They um, call it the I Lucky Lechery. Like yep, Lucky <laughs> Lechery. <Yeah. sighs> Poor girl. What a curse. Yeah. Anywho, so this episode of Moriarty to me, felt like a setup of let's introduce these two new characters we need to introduce. Is that correct for you guys? I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Colonel Morin? Sanders. Sanders and Fred. <laughs> and Fred, yes. And it's, it's actually Fred. No, it's uh, Colonel, yeah, Morin. M-O-R-A-N and then Fred. Just Fred. I only call him the Colonel. <laughs> the colonel yep yeah. 
Should we just say like what happens in the episode? Because it's, it's pretty encapsulated. And then we can talk about how we felt about the episode and then the next episode. Why not? Yeah. Is very interesting. Why not? So this episode is pre- it's pretty simple. Like, there's this girl, and there's a guy, and they fall in love. The guy's from the upper crust, and the girl is from the lower crust. They can't be together because that's just forbidden. And the, the guy actually loves her solution. Um, and then there's this dastardly <coughs> clerk. What is he? What is he in the university? He's like in a behind-the-scenes guy. He is running a set of uh, hotels as well as brothels. And then, no, sorry, hospitals. Because in the hospitals, he acquires opium for legal medical reasons. And then he puts it in the brothels and creates opium den- dens. And he uses that to entrap university students and then get the parents to pay ransoms and help and all this stuff. It's a dastardly thing. But in he must have some weird conscience or he was faking it. Actually, I'm still fuzzy on that. But he interrupts this Duke's son, Lucian, from his proposal to the girl. And he makes the girl overdose on opium. She gets really high and she falls off the bridge. That's why she fell off the bridge. So she didn't really commit suicide. She was forced to take drugs. And she was pregnant with their baby. It's very sad. Very, very sad. And then the colonel, at the very end, uh, forces the guy to, uh, via really awesome sniping, he never hits him on purpose, and he he forces him off the bridge. <laughs> Not that it's awesome that he forces him to die, but his shooting is very cool. Um, so... Basically, Moriarty has this line where he says, there's no client this time, but we're going to do this anyway. And he's called in the colonel and Fred to come help him get revenge on this dude because he's so mad that he is just messing with his university students and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of the episode. It's basically to introduce the colonel that he's super BA with a sniper rifle, and Fred is very versatile. He dresses up as the fiancé at one point to fool the other dude and he's like kind of a hands off he's a jack of all traits kind of thiefish character very versatile assistant uh, dude very deadly with a knife um and yeah it's basically the episode yeah oh and the colonel seems to be our ladies man uh very much so so, fun fact, when I saw this at first, I was thinking back, when I saw his first scene, which is him um, sleeping next to another, <clears throat> next to a woman, um, I, th- I thought back to when I think it was Ben said, what if, what if in this show, Moriarty and Sherlock are friends? Yeah. And when they said, let's call those two, I was like, call. is he going to call Sherlock and Holmes? That's what I thought. And so... Sherlock and Holmes. Sherlock and Holmes, get yeah. him in. That's that's not that's not who it is. <laughs> um, Watson. Um, and when I see them, I'm like, dude, are they making Sherlock a ladies' man? Is that what's happening in this show? And then it was not. His name was the Colonel, and I was like, oh, okay, different characters. But I did think that for like a uh, good twenty seconds. I I did as well. I was thinking it might be he might be part of the team. Nope, uh, it's just Colonel. But he's very committed to Moriarty. Yeah. They're doing their planning, and and he's like, I'm ready to give my life for you. Fred, you are too, right, buddy? And he's like, yep, totally. Yep. And then that's it. Like You're like, oh, oh, okay. Cool. And that's episode, and episode six, when they're mm-hmm. talking about the boat. 
The boat. The boat mission. Episode six was interesting. Colt, did you have anything else on, on five? Uh, well, I did not think that it would be Sherlock and Holmes that would bring him in. Because <laughs> unlike you guys, I do watch the opening every time, and you see those two characters in the opening. So I knew it wasn't going to be <laughs> Sherlock and Watson. No, I, I, I didn't know that he was in there. I just misremembered. And, uh, no, I think, yeah, this one was just, uh, an episode to bring in those two characters. Cause I felt like the villain was a little too one dimensional, a little too cartoony, very, where he's like, right. Hey, I don't have any real interest in, you know, killing this girl, except that I'm an elite and I don't want this kid to like, you're not his family member. You're not really anything to him. You just, I'm just going to kill this girl. Cause it's not right that you, these two classes should mix. So I was a little. Also, he he had the evil, the evil eyes the, all the time. You remember in Visions we talked about that, like when characters have a certain eyes, you're like, oh, they're they're a bad guy. Yep, that was this guy. Always has those eyes, and you're like, yeah, this is clearly the bad guy. Yeah. So. So yeah, as an introduction to the two characters, that's all this episode was for me, and I'm fine because I like I like the sniper dude. He's pretty cool. He was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. Pretty suave. Pretty suave, pretty debonair. I did, I, I did like the. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I did like how they introduced him into the sit the city. He shows up, and he starts beating all those guys at gambling, and he's like, "They're like you're cheating," and he's like, "That's just what losers say." Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's you know that is what I say all the time. He's right. <laughs> he knows. He I, I say that all the time. He ain't lying. I'm glad that made you laugh, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. So, yeah. So that was the episode. Pretty simple. Open and shut. Little mystery case. Nothing big. Um, but then the next episode is actually fairly big. So this is a two-parter. It starts off very dark. Sure does. Very, very dark indeed. Not just with the lighting, which is true. It's very uh, red-toned, blood that that's similar to that like cathedral scenes that we saw and there's a man running uh in the woods very panicked and you hear dogs behind him i thought it was wolves at first but it is actually hunting dogs and then pans over to someone standing up in the woods with a double barrel shotgun and he grins and then it pans away to the you know kind of a scenic view of the of the woods and you hear a gunshot so this man is clearly hunting people in the woods not the most morally ethical decision that he made on that tuesday yep think of a think of an old timey fox hunt it's like yes. that but with a human a, instead of a fox and uh yeah it's got that red filter on it just like all those murderous intent scenes do yeah. that's that's the way it was in the first episode when those kids were running away from that guy that's the way it was when Albert was going to kill his brother. And mm. it's that way here. It's it's obviously a big theme. Red filter means someone's going to die. Bad guy. Well, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> interestingly enough, where it takes us from there, it, it shoots us forward really fast. Like, I was expecting there to be more mystery. But that's not the plot device of this particular episode, which is pretty fun. 
Cole, where does it where does it shoot us off to after that? After the opening theme song, it throws you right into a uh, right onto a dock, a giant boat. The episode is the Titanic. The episode is called the Noatic. So think of Noah, and then add tick to the end of it. Noah tick, Noatic. That's the name oh. of the ship. And this this guy who's very noble, very aristocratic, very pompous. He's the one that we kind of assume is the guy that was hunting at the beginning of the episode. It is. And he, yeah, it is. you know, he's going to get on this new ship. It, it seems like it's it's a brand new style of ship that's huge. Not quite as big as the Titanic, but big enough. And, yeah. you know. I think it's meant to, to imitate the Titanic. Well, yeah, but. To be honest. This, this is like 1890s or something. So a little bit before the Titanic right. was created. But. Yeah, so it's this big. What a history! What a nerd! What a history! Thanks. I enjoy the history. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, what? It's like a valet ship, is what they call it. I don't know what that means, but. Wow, you really actually know this stuff. Well, that's what they called it in the episode. That's why I said it. Oh, so all I remember is luxury liner. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think they were going anywhere special. I think it was more just like a hey, come on our ship and we'll. Show you a ritzy good time. Anyway, so this guy is like, hey, I should be... Uh, I can't believe there's so many peasants here. This, this boat is so magnificent. It should only be for us nobles. And mm. then he kind of pushes his way on, to bo- on board, gets some people angry, which we'll talk about. But you know who else is getting mm. on that boat? Our team. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Our team of anti-heroes. And it's clear... This guy is the target. Yes, that was super interesting. I was really glad when that happened. Uh, he walks towards the the ramp to to enter, and Fred has like engaged him in a little bit of conversation. That's where we get the whole like I'm super noble and these people are apes um, monologue from him. And then Moriarty shows up, and he Fred walks over to him, and they're kind of doing that whole like casual speak where you don't really know they're talking if you weren't paying attention, you know, if you're in the crowd or something. And he's like, the target has boarded right on schedule. And you're like, oh, it's going to be one of them episodes. This is not a mystery. This is a, this is a setup. Ocean's Eleven with anti-heroes. And murder instead of theft. So not Ocean's Eleven. George Clooney. (laughs) <laughs> sorry total tangent uh my wife has just started watching er i don't remember if i mentioned this did i already mention this about george Clooney er i didn't know not to me not to me. okay i've mentioned this to other people and they made fun of me for it so i'm gonna mention it here Ooh. um i did not know that george Clooney got his start on er no idea oh i didn't know that either but ah, you're so dumb. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the original was Doctor Dreamy or whatever. Oh, you did know that. Okay, so Cole knew it. Me and Ben did not. I'm Wait, it up right now. no, I was joking. Isn't that a Grey's Anatomy thing? No, but he like he is the Doctor Dreamy in that. Oh. Uh, and then when he leaves, it switches to John Stamos, Doug also Doctor Dreamy. 19. I never watched ER also, so that probably doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, I didn't either. But Powell's gotten really into it. It's actually pretty good. Uh, I asked Victor about it. He says it's super accurate. 
Does he really say that? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh. Most, like the whole internet says, that's one of the most accurate medical shows you could watch. Least accurate, fun fact, Grey's Anatomy. Ooh. Hate to see it. All I know about ER is that's what my mom would watch when I would come home from school early because I was sick or something. <laughs> and I would have to either watch it or go read a book or something. Oh, because of George Clooney? Oh, no. I got to call her out on that. <laughs> I'm telling my dad. Mom. Were you watching George Clooney episodes or John Stamos episodes? Because <laughs> they're both pretty good. Am I right, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't remember when he comes on the show. But anyway, back to our programming. Um, yes. So now. So here's a question. Yep, your point. So if you had yep. to choose which one of them you would want to punch in the face, George Clooney or John Stamos, who would you pick? we're not moving on this is great man you're gonna make me choose that that's rough do i punch the one i like more yeah like what's the metric here? you know whatever who do you want to punch more i'm gonna say stamos i'm gonna punch that guy oh he seems like watch full house uh no oh that's probably why yeah i'd punch stamos as well i feel like he's a real jerk on set like he thinks he's too good for life. That's the feeling I get from that guy. So I think, yeah, I'd punch him in the face. I don't know. Man, you're really giving me a hard choice here. I'd probably punch George Clooney because I think he'd forgive me the fastest. So similar reasoning, but... What a lame answer. For... <laughs> Sorry, Jess. I also think... I think that John Stamos would really hit me back hard, to be honest. And I don't want to get punched in the face. Mm. All right. Not that George wouldn't, but yeah, that's my reasoning. I'm sticking to. What would George do? (laughs) I don't know. We should call him up. Call him up and ask him. Man. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Actually, that's probably what he would do. You know what? Okay, this is super random. There is a lady in our small group, and she used to nanny in California, and she's met like a bajillion celebrities. I will ask her if she's met either of them and ask what their personality is like off air. Because she's, she's been on like private planes. She used to nanny for like one of the most famous French comedians. So she's been on private planes with like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt when they were together and... Like crazy, like she she went over to Reith Witherspoon's house for a play date with the like the kids she was nannying and Reith Witherspoon's kids. <laughs> she says she's super cool, so super down to earth. Wow. Also very short, evidently. I was picturing that. Yeah, she's very chill about it. She doesn't like name drop all the time, but if you ask her about it, she has crazy stories. She, she so, better. Yeah. I'll ask specifically: Have you met George Clooney and John Stamos? Which one would you want to punch in the face? <laughs> yeah, let's see what she says. Oh man, please so, do. That'll settle. That'll settle that for us. Even though this is uh, all an opinion quote. question. Anyway, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> um, I didn't write any notes this time, so I don't remember the exact quote. But I like the moment where Moriarty's talking to his team, and he's just like, "We don't have a client on this one." 
let's go deliver some punishment. <laughs> that was five when he's yes. he's walking off with his his team of five really oh, magnificently. So cool. And and he's like, yeah, this is just bad. We're gonna we're gonna wreck this guy. Yeah. Yep. Deliver yeah. some punishment. That's deliver some punishment. It's <laughs> a good line for the. And the the colonel's got his briefcase. It's clearly a gun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what you got there? A trombone or a sniper rifle? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know I was in band? <laughs> um, so we'll hop back in after our magnificently long tangent. Hey. Um, that was great. We haven't had an organic one of those in a while. Um, so where they're at now is actually this is, I think this, Cole, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is when they flash to that planning scene it, where the Colonel and Fred says that they would give their life for him. You're not wrong. Nice. Um, so they're ba- we basically get all the context for the episodes, plural, because the next one's coming up. And it's uh, the fact that Moriarty's now going on the uh, offensive. So instead of waiting for clients to come to him, he's like, hey, we need to change society. We can't change it on a dime. Can't turn this car around on a dime. And so we're going to change people's perceptions of what needs to change. And basically... We're going to ex- uh, create slash expose crime. So that his plan is interesting because his plan is to quote unquote create crime, but at the same time they're choosing people who are already really committing crimes. So if you, like depending on how, how you pitch it, like they're either exposing a criminal, uh, they're just doing it in a really bad way because like they're leading other people to their deaths, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so it's not very moral, but the the people they're choosing are not just like random good people that they're turning into criminals. If that makes sense. So his his idea is let's expose the underbelly of no underbelly of nobility for being who they are. People will rise up. It will be chaos, and then from the chaos of the ashes of the chaos, the phoenix will rise of a new society. And that's basically his plan. Yeah, and even the colonel kind of challenges that at first, like aren't we trying to change the place or help? Or I don't know how he phrases yeah. it. How is more crime going to make it better? But you're right. He does, He explains it like that's, uh, uh, what is it? That'll help ch- pe- change people's minds when they see this. Is that kind of the, the line? I think yeah. Goes? There's like a, there's like a different animation scene and it shows a puppet on a stage. Yeah. And it's like him orchestrating people to commit crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah terrible but i like i like this take i i'm ingenuity step back here i like this take on the moriarty story i I think i said already Mm. i don't know the lore of sherlock holmes and all i know is the movies but this to me is a fun take of this uh historical villain and well i'll wait to finish that sentence till we talk about another character that gets brought in hmm <laughs> until later. Yeah, until later. Um, Cole, where does it cut to on the boat after they have that whole chat? So they does it go to the guy? Not the only do they, guy? yeah, that not only do they tell the plan for his whole plan for London, he goes over a little bit of the plan that he has right now for the hawk, the fox hunter man. So he's he's explaining it kind of to the colonel, or like, hey, what's our next step? We got this thing going on, and. Basically, the plan is 
everything that this I, what's the what's the guy's name the fox hunter that guy that's really oh, aristocratic and really angry Wolf? about it blitzer or something it's, it know. is like blitz something i don't know i think it's blitz is his first name uh, their target so their plan is to get the target so riled target. up he needs to get riled up so everything that's been happening has been a part of the plan first thing is uh yeah. they hire a a guy to be who's a bad guy very he's really bad he's very belligerent when when our uh target is going onto the boat saying like hey how come you get to cut in front blah 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 and the guy gets kind of angry about that a little girl spills some juice or wine on his pants and he he threatens to kill her also and then his house burned down moriarty burned his house down i don't think well i don't know if that's true or just the a letter right he gets he gets a telegram saying he gets a letter saying that his house so all these things they're just they're just (laughs) kind of poking at him on purpose to get him all riled up and just you're right the guy who's been hired by moriarty and the team yeah he's a terrible guy he's like uh, thomas mikhailson or something i forgot his name but he's like a robber robber you know petty theft but he's also murdered some people he's also done some other terrible things um, yeah, he's like he's a burglar who also has murdered and raped people, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that escalated quickly. Yeah, wanted to keep that R word out yeah. of there, but you know. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. You also missed my third quote. I did. What was it? Oh, the beep bop boop bop boop. Yep. Oh, I'm not gonna say it again. I have to listen. To All it. right. Also, I can I I can uh, bleep out our word. <laughs> you don't have to. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's. Then we kind of move on to the next scene, which is what Ben is referring to, or was. Yeah. Introduction to a new character. So, yeah. So <clears throat> Moriarty is walking, <laughs> as he does, and he comes <laughs> upon the staircase, the spiral staircase, and he Whoa. is clearly in awe of it. We don't know why exactly. He even takes a step back to see the whole thing. And then we start hearing hearing some chatter. We hear some ladies. Oh, how did you know he was in the army? And, uh, <laughs> going on and on. They're That's like so, pretty spot on. <laughs> they're so excited that uh, this individual, we technically don't actually know who this is, but we all know who this is. Um, and awesome. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Mr. Sherlock and his friend. <laughs> Um, they they are impressed that he keeps guessing people's occupations. So Moriarty and this group kind of become more and more part of the same screen until all of a sudden one of the ladies is like, uh, "Sir, uh, could he guess your occupation?" And he's like, "Oh, oh!" And he puts his hand through his hair, his skeleton ring. Um, Sherlock does. Okay, yeah, Sherlock, and he guesses mathematician question for you guys did you think he was going to guess that crime consultant or something completely different i thought he was gonna say i was gonna say professor yeah i was gonna go with just like teacher or something but he got very specific he did he did mathematician yeah so he he walks on over and he explains all the reasons why uh, Moriarty is a mathematician rather than like an engineer or an architect mm-hmm. because he said not only was he 
impressed by the staircase, but when he stepped back, he wasn't looking at the beautiful sculpture, which is what somebody would do if they were of these other occupations. Um, occupations. And he just kind of, and he says some other things too. So you're like, okay, we, we, know, we know who this guy is. <laughs> um, and, and we're kind of impressed by him. And then Moriarty does a little table of the turning, if you will. And he's like, let me tell you a little bit about you, sir. And he, right away, it, it, to me, Moriarty won this encounter um, either because he truly is more brilliant or because uh, one of three things, I'm guessing. Either Moriarty is smarter, two, Holmes was caught off guard, just like not expecting someone actually smart in the room with him, or he is just as smart and kind of allowed things to go as they did so like acted like he was thrown off or yeah, like, you, mean, you mean Holmes? Correct. Yeah. I think Holmes w was thrown off to, sorry to, to throw my opinion on the fire. Yeah. Throw it in there. Um, I think he was thrown off but I do think Moriarty thinks he's smarter. I don't know that he is but I think he thinks so because the walk away after that is um, the colonel just walks over and he's like is there going to be a problem? And he says, nope, everything's going to be fine. So he clearly is like, this guy's not a threat. And you're like, oh, we've read the books, y'all. We know this is, we know he's a he's a big deal. You need to pay more attention. So Moriarty at least is, is definitely confident in his abilities to mask whatever he's doing sufficiently that nobody, no matter how clever they are at figuring out occupations, um, is going to figure it out. Hmm. Hmm. Cole, your thoughts? Oh, uh, I thought I I was thinking more that Sherlock had more restraint because he was just explaining occupation to the ladies. Um, he went a little more in depth with how he got to that point, but Moriarty was more. I'm going to talk about you as a person, not just not just your occupation, but more about you. So his his rules when explaining the thing to Sherlock where I'm sorry did we say his name yet um, was a little broader so he could say more but I don't know if you know I mean I know a little bit about the Moriarty character so I don't know if I should say anything about that I think you should yeah, well I mean he's I he's always good. been the main adversary of Sherlock Holmes and I'm pretty sure the author Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Moriarty as to be that character that takes Holmes out so he can end the series. So like... It's right, right on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, well, we can believe that. <laughs> like, I, like I said, I haven't read I haven't read all of them, but um, yeah, I feel like he... Moriarty might just be smarter than Holmes or more ruthless. I don't know what, they, what they're going to go with in this show, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, that's why I was okay with you saying it because I have no idea where the show is going to go because the show is obviously painting Moriarty as the main anti-hero here. So, hmm. have you ever got? Have you ever got? Have you guys <laughs> ever seen the Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, I have. No, the one just called Sherlock. It is so good. It's very good, chest. 
So good. I should actually recommend that to Powell. She loves mystery stuff, and she loves Benedict Cumberbatch. Chess, I don't mean to be mean to you, but you know Kim talked about it like seven times on our guest episode. <laughs> she did. And I, really? I, I actually said it back to her that, you know, something about now you're going to go watch Sherlock or something. I don't know. Yeah, you did. But it's, it is very good. I actually kind of want to rewatch it now. I've only watched through it once. Fantabulous. Hmm. In a bad way. Fantabulous. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So, yeah, uh, we don't see his character the rest of the show, if I remember correctly, being Holmes. Nope. Um, he, he gets pulled. And says, I'll see you later, mathematician. There you go. Yep. He gets pulled off by the girls, and he's yeah. he's gone. Uh, he's Kurt, like, are we still doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the colonel actually comes up to Moriarty, and he's like, hey, is this going to be a problem? And Moriarty says, no, nah, he's not going to get in the way. Kind of. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, is this, he might become a problem later, but I don't think he's a problem right now. So, yeah. So then, execution of a main event. of an execution <laughs> you ain't lying are you gonna explain it or no i'm waiting for someone else oh to Ooh, ben. no i can explain Speak it. oh is ben no right? i think you are oh, okay seems like you really want to <laughs> no i i would have been excited if you'd done it. no um yes so the closing and i will say this i was really invested in this episode and so when the ending came i was actually a little surprised i was like oh we're done already? Oh, shoot. Same. So, and the ending comes up pretty quick here. So, basically, um, the drunk guy is targeted by our target, success, which is success of our team. The anti-hero team wanted this to happen. Our target is starting to get the cravings for the hunting fields, and he says, wait a minute. Why do I have to restrain myself? I can hunt right here. And he is walking around the boat, and he sees this guy who's been annoying the heck out of him. And he smiles very maliciously. And you know what? He decides to show his Samaritan, good Samaritan side, and invite this man up for a drink. We got off on the wrong foot, buddy. And you're like, no, don't do it. It's a trap. It's a trap. And uh, sure enough, they're walking up to the nobleman's room, the uh, drunk guy is like, oh, this is perfect. I am going to just really pretend to get drunk here and then really annoy this guy. I'm going to get a bonus, basically, is what he, he doesn't actually say. That. But that's kind of his line of thinking. is like, I'm really going to do my job well, and then they're going to pay me, and it's going to be great. Unbeknownst to him, the noble guy brought him over here to kill him. So while he's looking at the liquor cabinet and asking, oh, man, can I really try these liquor? Um... He does not see our target grabbing a knife from the desk, pre-prepared. The target also locks the door behind him. Very ominous. And he stabs the guy in the back and then proceeds to stab him multiple more times off camera, which is, uh, thank you. Thank you, animators. Um, it's for the children. Um, so... Once he's done, it's really brutal. 
because he or uh, heartless, I should say, he's sitting on the guy smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and you're like, are you serious? This guy is demented. Like he's clearly a serial killer, right. psycho. Because he's sitting there like, oh, that was perfect. Great way to end the evening. Like like he just went out for a stroll or something. But then, bum bum bum, interstage left. <clears throat> the colonel, in between all these scenes, has told Moriarty, hey, sir, that steak you ordered, it's ready in your room. And don't worry, we left the door unlocked. <gasps> Cue our memories to when the guy locked the door. Moriarty comes. Hello. Mr. Nobleman. Um, <laughs> he says, we heard shouting. Please let me in. Are you okay? And he's like, oh, my gosh, no. Moriarty's here. Crap. Uh, good thing the door's locked. I'm coming in. The door's unlocked. No, I thought I locked that. And the end scene is Moriarty walks in, and he sees him standing over the guy with his hands up like, like he was gonna, about to move the body or something. Yep. There's a knife in the guy's chest at this point. And Moriarty, what does he say? Does he end it with, he says interesting in the sentence. Um, it's something like, well, this is very interesting. Or something weird where it's like, it's not a normal reaction. People who walk in on dead bodies, it's not like you're going to say, this is very interesting. I'm remembering the word troublesome. Like, is it troublesome? But it's not like... His mood is just very much like, yeah, this is not how you should react to walking. It's pretty. In it's pretty calm person. Yeah, he's very calm. Yep. So it, it makes me curious how the next scene is going to go. Like, is he going to try to offer his consultation to this guy and like use that as bait to like get him to to do something even worse on a public stage? Is it going to be he's going to try to blackmail this guy? I have no idea where this episode is going to go. It's going to do something with the... Oh, we failed to mention a big key point. This cruise ship has the first ever ballet on water. So this there's going to be this big, humongous ballet. It's one of the biggest drawing points to this cruise. And I'm pretty sure... Spoiler little um, theory here. It's not a spoiler. It's my theory. He's going to get some sort of crime to be committed on the ballet stage. That's his game plan. And I'm sticking to it. Because they keep mentioning it like a lot. Yeah, they're. I, I'm curious how they're going to bring what Albert's role is going to be too, because he's had, he's had some. Oh yeah, he's on like there as a as a guest. Scenes, but he's like he had he's had he had conversations with a, I don't know, a random guy. Like they're talking about the ballet and getting excited about it him and Moriarty Moriarty are at the side of the ship and talking about it. And he's like, Hey, I'm going to go have some fun. Um, so I'm curious what his role will be in the, the, the big show. If he'll just be an observer or, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm all over the place. I'm basically in a glass case of emotion. There it is. You got your four. Uh, uh. <laughs> my other one was my other one that you missed was that escalated quickly <clears throat> mm. classic GIF that's a, yeah that is a classic one <laughs> wow 
yawns. Get out of here. That was on air. That's the first time I think you've yawned on air. You've yawned many a time, but not into the mic. So much. It's it's absurd how much I yawn. I yawn more than I do anything every day. Wow. Fact. Eat? No, I yawn more. You know, I could see that. It'd be hard to eat more than you yawn if you yawn a lot. Because you can do that wherever you are. You can't eat wherever you are. Well, if you have food, you can. <laughs> That's true. Just bring a you... box of raisins with you everywhere. <laughs> I'm always eating. <laughs> you know my secret? I'm always eating. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's your favorite. That's your favorite Marvel character, right? Uh, my favorite Nightcrawler is my number one. Uh, no, that's fair. Hulk goes my favorite? favorite, like in the Avenger. Avenger. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. So, do y'all have any any theories here going into the next episode as we're wrapping up? I I, I don't. I I'm just like. I feel like I'm just sitting back and like, what in the world are they going to do? And yeah, so I, I'm more curious if you guys have theories because I don't have any. <laughs> All right, Chess, I think you're more on the point there. I think Moriarty is going to help him out, in quotes there, help him out by disposing of the body, but then he's actually going to use it later uh, for something or other. Um, and if this is... Ooh. Will this be the episode that, you know, Sherlock kind of gets a little whiff of like, ooh, this guy's might be involved in these whatevers. Or is it going to be another, you know, happenstance where they cross paths and then it just gets more heated? I don't know. So that was going to be my next question was, do you have theories about Sherlock's involvement? Me personally, I do think it's going to be the whiff. I don't know if it's going to be a whiff of Moriarty's involvement as much as, like, something's afoot. The game is afoot, if you will. And he clues in on, like, something, something's weird is going on in, in this neck of the woods, so I'm going to stick around, and then he clues in on Moriarty. Uh, I kind of hope it leans that way because it leads it a little more open. And I, I really hope it's not like what you just said, just them happened to cross on the same boat and he doesn't pick up on anything. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a cameo. I don't think we're going to see Holmes again the rest of the show. <laughs> that, that, was, that was it. He peaked at episode six. Yeah. No, what I hope, I still want the, not, not so that my prediction is right, but because I think it would just be so fun. I want Holmes to, like, join the squad and then after some time be like okay no i I can't do this anymore man and then they have to split ways but i feel like he'll he'll be the antagonist to our antagonist (laughs) he will be the antagonist to our antagonist yeah i hope it's just a man because every version of sherlock holmes like that moriarty character definitely gives holmes the most trouble I mean, am I right or am I right? <laughs> and he's got a whole crew now. It's not just Moriarty and like one right hand man, and then a you know, it's they got a crew of five 
we don't even know about a Watson yet. And Watson, but. Sherlock's middle name. <laughs> it's true. It's right on his lapel. You know what this makes me want to watch? The Great Mouse Detective. Ooh, I really like that one. I haven't watched that in a long time. I don't think... Issa is definitely not at it. She's watched a lot of shows, of movies that I'm surprised, actually. She's not scared. But that one would scare her. Because, whew, Radigan gets fierce, let me tell you. He does. I always, I always got scared when that drunk mouse got eaten by the cat. Same. To Radigan. To Radigan. Oh, Radigan. Oh. That's a great song, though. Oh, man. <laughs> I, feel- I love that song. Maybe this isn't true, but I think that movie is underappreciated with all of its counterparts of that time. It's not usually. I, I think it's underrated. Yeah, I think it, it could be a dark horse in a in a tiers list if you if you put it up in just a tiers list for everybody. I think most people put it in like the B, and I think it it has potential to be higher than that. Yeah, it's great. Maybe even C. I think some people would put it in C. Well, those people shouldn't give their opinions. <laughs> right. Get them off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good one. I actually was. I really, I really did like that one. Yeah. It was a fun one. Yeah. I'm sure if I watched it now, I would appreciate it even more because I'm watching this show. This show, man, I'm excited. So what? You guys said season one's like twenty something episodes. No. So well, so there's like it seems like yes. But it seems like Crunchyroll divides it up in, like, 11 and 13. But, like, no, 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 maybe it's the other way around. Somewhere else divides it up into 11 and 13, and that might just be how they were released, but Crunchyroll just has this one big thing. So it's, like, 20-some episodes, yeah. 24, 25? I don't know. Okay. All right. We're just watching it straight through. We're not going to do part one, part two or anything. Love it. This has been great. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I don't know that there's any plans to make a season two either. I'm pretty sure it's just this. Um, so that's kind of nice too because we might get a might get a good might get a good ending. I hope we get a good ending. Yeah. So. Yeah. So far, it's been good. Any other closing thoughts, gentle gentlemen? You know, I really hope we get. Um, I already forgot the company's name as a sponsor. What's that company's name that uh, you send your poop into? <laughs> <laughs> um, human uh-huh. molecules. Dang it! Molecular humans. No, microbes. Microbes. Human. Mi- human microbes. All right. Let's reach out to their HR and see if they can. I'll reach out to their HR department and be like, look, we're featuring poop stories in this arc of our podcast. We'd really love for you to be a sponsor. (laughs) As someone who is a poop enthusiast, as your company is, I'm sure you can appreciate the, you know, yada, yada, yada. The email will sound great. I'll read it to you. (laughs) I, that would, that would be hilarious. I, I, I would. I need to find their contact page and like <laughs> legitimately write to them and be like, "Hey, uh, we're you know we're a small time podcast. We could really use some some exposure. Would you would you care to sponsor us?" 
Don't worry, we will make all of the commercials. Yep. Do you just tell us what you want said in a loose way? Pun intended. Whoa. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll let it all out there. <laughs> so many puns. It's good. Anywho, it's a good episode, boys. I'm excited for yeah. these next episodes. Excited to see how this next one goes specifically, and then uh, I'm anticipating like uh, another one-off episode. Seems to be a trend, you know, a couple ones that are linked together, and then some kind of individual case things. As Sherlock is introduced, I'm sure we'll have some more continuation in these stories, but we'll see. Uh, thank you all, viewers and listeners, however you're viewing this or listening to this. Um, you put bread on the table. You put bread on the table. Ah, that's a, that's a good old Ben saying. It is. I love it. <laughs> love it every time I say it for him. So good. Yeah. It's a shame you didn't say many of yours tonight. You're just, yeah. you're just copying Ben, an anchor man. <laughs> yeah, get your you own know? material. Sometimes you got to take a break and just copy other people. Nah, that's cool. I get it. So you stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Three Dads Talking About Anime. What do you get when you add two plus one? You get three dads talking about anime. What do you get when three guys love anime? You get three dads talking about anime. What do you get when those three guys love start having kids? Dads. And so become fathers and each have kids. Went on the separate ways. What happens? So. You get three dads talking about anime. Three dads, three dads talking about anime.